Hey, what's up, Propel Church? Pastor Nick here. I am so excited to be with you today for Church Online. If this is your first time with us, wherever you're watching from, whether you're online in a house party, maybe at one of our uh, smaller rooms in this house, and we just want to say welcome. We are so excited to have you a part of church with us today. We consider you family, even from day one, but we and being a part of this family, we'd love to connect with you. So do us a favor at some point, head over to propel.church slash online, and there you can fill out a digital connect card so that we can send you some stuff. You can receive our emails and find out more about what's going on in and around Propel Church. Today, we are kicking off a brand new message series. Last week, I had the opportunity to teach you all about foundations. And if you ever miss a message here at Propel Church, you can find all of those messages archived at, at our YouTube channel or our website, propel.church. That gives you the ability to stay up to date. Even if you miss a weekend or you're traveling, you can still stay in touch with what God is doing in and through the church. But we're kicking off a brand new series today called Made for Monday. And this series, we are so excited about it because it really gives you and I the ability to learn about our work. As I was doing some research, statistically, according to Google, 85% of the people in the world hate their job. So, so if there's 100 people watching right now, 85 of you are saying, I hate what I do for a living. I hate my job. I hate my work. And what happens is most of us end up living our lives hating our work week and loving the weekend. We loathe Monday morning because Monday is when the fun ends and it's where our weekend is kind of trended down. And now we get to Monday and we have to go back to our jobs. And most people end up hating the work that they actually do. But I believe that God has not created you to loathe the weekday. I believe that God hasn't created you to just suffer through your work. I believe that God has crafted you uniquely. He's put purpose inside of you. He's given you passions, giftings, and abilities so that you can realize that you were made for Monday, that you were made to work, that you can go into your work week passion-filled, excited to help people see God through your work, that you cannot just live for your next vacation or your next day off, but that you can know that God has made you on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. So that's what we're going to talk about in this message series. And as we talk about works, before we dive in, I think it's really easy for us to fall into the trap of believing that our work is what saves us. In this message series, we're not talking about salvation through works because Scripture is very clear that we are not saved by our works, meaning that the gap that sin creates between us and God cannot be mended by human effort. It can't be mended by you and I working hard or doing enough or even being good enough because good enough on our standards is not what God requires. Sinless was what God requires. So God sent Jesus Christ to die in our place so that in him we could have new life, that we could be freed from the penalty, the punishment, and the payment of sin. But now that you and I are saved because we've placed our hope and trust in Jesus, we are saved to do good things. So if you're taking notes, at, kind of to sum up this series and what it's all about, 
is this, that we are not saved by works, but we are saved to work. So we're not saved because we work hard or we do good things. But once we're saved, once we understand that Jesus Christ is the full payment of our sin, we don't just immediately go to heaven. Our days don't just immediately end. It's just the beginning for followers of Jesus. Now, the rest of our life is lived in service to the one who died in our place, to the one who gave his life for us. So it's not that we're just sitting and waiting for heaven. We're not waiting to go to God or for him to come to us. Now we work and do the good things that God planned for us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this, For we are his God's handiwork. Circle that word, handiwork. God has masterfully crafted you. He's made you, created you, uniquely brought you together. You are valuable because the creator of the world marvels at his creation. He loves you. You're his handiwork. But it says this, that you've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So after salvation, there's this new work that there's this new creation that takes place and God designed you to do good works. And scripture says that he prepared for us to do those things in advance. So what God wants you and I to do and know and understand is that yes, we are his handiwork, but that we have been crafted on purpose for a purpose with a purpose. And so over the course of this message series for the next four weeks, what we're going to be really looking at are four uh, attributes that you and I should ascribe to if we're going to realize that we were made for Monday and live out our days to glorify and honor God. So the one that I want to talk to you about today is this word excellence. Excellence. To be excellent is to have this quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Excellent people exceed expectations. They go above and beyond. They go the extra mile. They just don't settle for the bare minimum. And I would ask you this. If people were to describe the work that you do, would they describe it as mediocre or excellent? Because in the body of Christ, God's creation, I think the church should be a place that's filled with excellence, that it's filled with people who are going above and beyond. Jesus even teaches this. If you want to go in Scripture, look at this concept of being a second-mile follower, which Jesus says, hey, if there's Roman guards, if they ask you to carry their bag for one mile, don't just carry their bag for one mile, because that's what the law requires. Go above and beyond. Go the second mile. Do more than what's required of you, because as you and I go above and beyond, people see God at work in us and through us. Excellence is required for you and I because God didn't design us to live our lives just giving minimal effort to the things that he created us to do. If you give minimal effort, it will lead to mediocre performance at best. But in reality, if you want to live the abundant life that Jesus has called you to live, you're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to go above and beyond beyond, and you're going to have to pursue excellence. God didn't create you to live in mediocre and in mundane when you understand that you were handcrafted by him. As we combat mediocrity, as we pursue excellence, 
I think that it's one of the things that the church hasn't done a great job of in the past. And I'm not specifically targeting our church. I think it's just churches in general. We just kind of let people do whatever they want to, whenever they want to. And the church ought to be the place where the world looks to for cutting-edge technology. Followers of Jesus ought to be the people that are looked to to lead companies and lead businesses because of the way they operate and they manage. We should be people who are excellent, who go above and beyond. I know business owners that have had a hard time hiring followers of Jesus because of the way they actually conduct their work. And I want you to hear me say this. Followers of Jesus should be the best and the easiest people to hire on the planet because you know that they're going to honor God and honor others through the work that they do. So we're going to talk about excellence today. I love excellence. Excellence is one of those. uh, Excellence is one of the reasons why I love Chick-fil-A. So come on, if you're watching online, you're in a watch party right now and you love Chick-fil-A, be sure to hit that heart emoji, right? Thank you will never be sufficient at a Chick-fil-A. I've gone to Chick-fil-A. There was one time I went to a Chick-fil-A and I got a thank you. And I look confused. They look confused. And then they just, my pleasure, right? They blurted it out after it was an awkward confrontation. Man, all the time when we're going into a Chick-fil-A, here's what I love. One of their, their staples is excellence. And it's why they throw people into the parking lot. They don't throw them literally. They place people strategically in the parking lot to take your order. They do whatever they can to serve you and to go above and beyond because ultimately it's a company that has Christian values and they know that excellence is one of the greatest ways that we can glorify and honor the God we serve. So if you're wondering, how do I operate in excellence? How do I conduct myself that way? I'm going to give you three really practical things today that you can do or you can remember as you understand that you were made for Monday, that you were made to work and glorify God for the rest of your life. Here's the first thing. Number one, understand your unique giftings. Understand your unique giftings. Every single one of us have been given a thumbprint. Uh, For some of us, when we look at our thumbprint, we see, you know, ridges, we see scars from injuries we've had in the past. No matter what your thumbprint looks like, what you and I need to know is it is unique to us. There's nobody else that has your exact same thumbprint. There's nobody else that has your exact same life experiences or the things that you've been through. There's nobody that has exactly the same training or trainings that you've been through in your life. All of those things that are that make up who you are are a part of your unique design. God designed you uniquely, as that passage of Scripture told us earlier, that we are handcrafted by God. And in order for you to pursue excellence, one of the things that you're going to have to do is understand how God uniquely wired and designed you. Because if you don't understand your uniqueness, you may try and live the rest of your days fulfilling somebody else's role in life. You may try and live the rest of your days just following a CEO or another person that that you aspire to be like or you think you want to be like that person, but God didn't wire you to be another person. He wired you uniquely to be you. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 
says that God has given each of you a gift. Use it, a, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So, so in other words, say God's got this big old basket. And in this basket is spiritual gifts, and he's got a whole bunch of them. He's got so many different ones, and he's not passing every single gift out to every person. The reason why you and I are placed inside of a body, the reason why the local church is called a body is because a body has many parts. The body has many functions. You are uniquely crafted to do the work that God has called you to do. So what Peter's saying is, hey, God's given you each a gift from this variety of spiritual gifts. Here's how you should use them. Use them well to serve one another. Use them to work. A gift is only good if you use it. Take the time, take the, make the effort to use the unique gifts that God has placed inside you. Because as you uncover the unique things that God has given you, as you kind of look at what he's placed in your life, you're better positioned to live out your days, to not only glorify and honor God, but to walk in purpose. I know that inside of each and every single person watching this right now, you aspire to make a difference in the world. You want to live your life with purpose and passion. You don't want to wake up for the next 40 years hating what you do. And so in order to live that way, you need to understand the way God uniquely wired and designed you. There's no way for me to serve others well if I don't know how God uniquely wired and designed me. And so you may be watching this right now and you may be saying, well, pastor, I don't, I don't really know what that means. I don't know how to figure out my giftings or how God wired me. And thankfully, you're watching this right now and you're a part of a church that is incredibly passionate about helping people do just that. Here at Propel Church, we tell you that we want you to do four things. We want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And the way we help you discover purpose is we walk you through this thing that we call discover. It's where we help you figure out your spiritual gifts. It's where we help you figure out your personality type. And in that process, you're going to learn how. It's really an introduction to how God uniquely wired and designed you. And so right now, as you're watching this, if you're saying, hey, I want to take that next step. I don't know how I'm wired. I don't know how I'm designed. I would encourage you to go to propel.church slash discover and start the process. We've made the process uh, completely online so that you can take it at your own pace. You can start right now and you can finish it. If, you, if you're like, man, I want to finish it today, you can do that. We want to help you go through the process to learn how God uniquely wired and designed you so that you can really understand your unique giftings in the world. There's a lot of things that you're, you can do, right? I, I know for me, um, there's a lot of things that I'm kind of good at. There's a whole lot of things I'm horrible at, but there's a handful of things that I'm really good at. And when I start to do the handful of things that I'm really good at, I'm able to see fulfillment flourish in my life. I'm able to feel purpose and passion in everything that I'm doing. And so the worst thing that I think we can do is just go to work 
No, we want to help you live your life with purpose. And then as you understand your unique giftings and how God wired and designed you, then you'll be able to make a difference in the world because you'll use the gifts that God has placed inside of you. I love that that first Peter verse, can we throw that first Peter verse back up? First Peter 4, 10. It says that God has given you each a gift. Use them well to serve one another. One of the things that I've seen people do in the past is they've used their unique wiring as justification to treat people poorly. And 1 Peter 4.10 is really clear that these great gifts that God has given you are not an excuse to sin. They're not an excuse to treat people poorly. No, they're designed and given to us for the purpose of serving one another. So uh, a few weeks ago, I was working on a project here around the facility as we look to regather. We're finishing some stuff in the bathrooms and we're hanging doors and we're getting the coffee bar done. And I was working on a project. And as I was doing it, um, I was using a pair of pliers, but I really needed a screwdriver. And so I sent one of our team members on the hunt to go find me a screwdriver somewhere in the facility because we have them. They exist. They're somewhere. But I don't know if your screwdrivers or anything like mine, somehow they get legs and they just walk. They just disappear. You can't find them. But as I'm sitting there, one of the other team members that was helping me said, hey, hey, pastor, you know, you're using a multi-tool, right? And so I'm, I'm sitting here, and if you're not familiar with a multi-tool, it's great. It's a pair of pliers. It's a screwdriver. It's a knife. It's, it's got all of these tools inside of itself. I was just using the pliers at the time, but I didn't need to go find something else. What I needed was already right there. I simply took the handle, and I flipped it over. I pulled a screwdriver out, and I was able to finish the job that God had given us to do on that day. I think a lot of us feel like we need to go off somewhere or go find some other tool for us to use in the places that God has positioned us. But already inside of you right now is every gift that you need to do all that God has called you to do. You just simply need somebody to help you uncover what's already there. And that's what we'd love to help you do through Discover. The second thing that we do is we start to see your work as worship. Work as worship. When I view my work as work, it's a drudge to go through. It, I dread it. I'm not passionate about it. I'm just showing up for a paycheck. But when I see my work as worship, it's an opportunity for me to honor God with the gifts that he's entrusted me with. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 through 24 says this, whatever you do, work at it, with all of your heart. So, so let me ask you, in the current job you have, in the current work you do, are you doing that work with all of your heart? And the reason why we do it with all of our heart is because we're not just working for human masters. We're working with all of our heart because we're working for the Lord. So it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So for just a second, how, how does that scripture change the way you view your work? Well, every time you show up to your job, Yes, your company is going to give you a paycheck. 
But you are not working for that company. You are working for the Lord. Every time you go into a meeting and you get something that that there's a project that's thrown on your plate that you don't really want to do or you're frustrated by it, you're not just working for a boss. You're working for the King of Kings. You're working for the Lord of Lords. Every single time that you and I work, it's an act of worship. Every time we work and we serve and we give our time, our talent, our treasure, it's the opportunity for us to worship the Lord through what he's entrusted us with. You've been uniquely wired and designed by God to make a difference. And when you view work as worship, you will find purpose in the middle of mediocrity and the mundane areas of your life. Your work is the way you worship God. When you get the task you didn't want, It's not just work, it's worship. It's the opportunity to serve other people by working for the Lord. And as we work for the Lord, here's what I've learned for myself. Serving becomes really easy when I begin to think about all that Christ did for me. When I begin to think of all the work that he put in on my behalf, when I begin to think of the fact that he came and he lived a sinless life, I I got a hard time living a sinless hour. This man lived a sinless life. When I think about the fact that he was not only beaten on my behalf, but he was falsely accused on my behalf, that he endured the cross for me, that he suffered and ultimately died in my place, serving becomes really easy because I'm just giving back to the one who gave everything for me. That's what work as worship looks like. So we're not just working for a human boss. We are working as unto the Lord. When we view work as worship, one of the things it also causes us to do is it causes us to do the right thing even when nobody's looking. I think as humans, it's really easy for us to live for the affirmation of people. And what we're doing at work sometimes, people might not see, but God does. When we're not honoring the time that we're on the clock for a company, We may not, nobody may see it and you may not consider it stealing, but hey, God does. You've been hired to do a role and your work as worship causes you to focus on what the task you've been given. When we are in work, sometimes we may try and cut corners, maybe moralistically, or maybe we need to step over a few people or Uh, the corporate ladder tends to give us the ability to climb over or railroad people, to hurt people in efforts of that next promotion. And you may think people may never know and they may never see it, but hey, God does. When we see work as worship, we're going to do the right thing because that is what God has called us to do every single time. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says this, For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. No matter what season you're in or situation you find yourself in, work is worship. So honor the Lord in everything. Know that you may even find yourself right now in a season where you're frustrated by the work that's going on, but the seasons of preparation are really important for where God wants to take you. 
David doesn't begin his journey in an arena fighting Goliath. He begins his journey in the middle of a field. And in that field, he was able to fight off bears and lions when they would come to attack sheep. And it was that preparation that he was going through in a place where nobody noticed that ultimately prepared him to walk into an arena where everyone would notice. Maybe the reason you can't step into an arena or you can't step into what's next is because you're not faithful with right now. If you quit worrying about what's next and focus on faithfulness right now, you will see that God is preparing you for what he has for you down the road. Know that your work is worship. And then number three is this. Don't quit because things get difficult. Don't quit because things get difficult. We live in a culture that it's really easy to quit. And in all honesty, it's almost celebrated that you quit. If things are too hard, just quit. Your job is too hard, find another job. Relationships, friendships become too difficult. Well, you don't need that kind of stress in your life. Find different relationships. Your marriage becomes too hard. It's okay. That's fine. Just go find another wife or husband down the road. No, 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 no. Staying is what God has called followers of Jesus to do. Going through the hardships, enduring suffering is a part of what following Jesus looks like. And I think sometimes we quit right before the blessing that God has for us. We quit because it's inconvenient. We quit because it's not easy. But we were never promised easy. Sometimes you're going through difficulties. You're going through hardships because God couldn't get you to move your feet any other way. And you feel like the, the, the struggle is what's killing you. But no, the struggle is what's preparing you for what's next in your relationship with God. The struggle is not just something that, that I think the enemy causes the struggle a lot of times. But God uses the struggle as preparation. God uses the struggle to develop us. And so when I go through some stuff and, and I'm kind of struggling in life, I always come to this verse, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, which says this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So, so look at that verse. Keep doing what's good, even when nobody sees it. Keep doing what's right, even when no one's looking. Keep doing what you know God has called you to do even when you're struggling because there is great blessing. There's great reward when you pursue excellence over mediocrity, when you don't coast through your life, when you really press in, but but they don't appreciate my unique gifts, so I've got to go somewhere that appreciates me. Hey, look, you've been to five different jobs and you've said the same thing about every company. The truth is the issue is not with those companies. You're the common denominator. Hey, hey, maybe you're in the place where you're like, you know what, um, I, I just, I can't seem to, to figure out what God's uniquely gifted me with, so I'm just going to settle. You were never made to settle. You were never made. And honestly, most of the time I get, I've been tempted to quit the most right before big breakthroughs in my life. Even in the life of the church, right before big breakthroughs, like big breakout seasons for us as an organization... I always get tempted to quit. I always get tempted to throw in the towel and to give up. But God made us to work because our work truly is worship.
as we kind of talk through all of this, I believe that the best thing for us to do as followers of Jesus is to operate in excellence. So learn your unique gifts. And hey, as a church, we would love to help you do that. Let me pastor you through that process. It's one of the reasons why we're here. We're not here just to put on church online and we're not just here to uh, do in-person gatherings, which we're excited about getting back to those. No, we are here so that we can help you figure out how God uniquely wired and designed you because only then are you going to be able to live out the purpose that God has for you. So not just learn your unique gifts, but start to view your work as worship. A shift in perspective is really powerful as we view our Monday. And the good news is if you're watching this Sunday, you have a great opportunity tomorrow morning to kick this thing off in a fresh way. And third, hey, when things get difficult, don't quit. Don't quit. Remember that on the other side of doing what is good and continuing to do what is good, there is a harvest. There is breakthrough. There is blessing. I can't tell you when it's going to come, but the good news is the promise is that if we don't give up at just the right time, we'll see a breakthrough. Let me pray for you really quick. God, I come to you right now praying for those who are listening to this and really struggling to view their work as an opportunity to worship you. Lord, I pray that you would show them that they are strategically placed in whatever space you've given them. God, in the work that you've entrusted them to do, would you show them how they can be a shining light for you, how they can glorify you, how they can honor you. And we know that you'll do it because you are ultimately drawing all people to yourself. May we understand, God, that our actions and our deeds and the things that we do have the greatest capacity to point other people towards you. And for some of you who are watching this today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. When we talk about spiritual gifts and the great things that God has placed inside of us to really uncover and experience purpose, the only way that we have access to spiritual gifts is that we surrender our life to Jesus Christ. Because without creation falling into alignment with the plan of the Creator, creation can never fulfill its intended purpose. And the only way for you to fall in line with the Creator's will for your life is to first take the step and surrender it to Jesus, to surrender your life, to say, hey, I don't know what this looks like, but today I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. And if you want to do that today, I want to walk you through a prayer to make that decision. Will you say this with me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.